Welcome to Flopography, where we revisit old pop albums that are known by many, not because of their critical or commercial success, but because of their lack thereof. These albums received the designation of flop. But did we give them a fair shake? Hey y'all, welcome to episode five of season two of Flopography. Mike and I really appreciate the time you've spent with us in season one and season two, and we look forward to bringing you this fifth episode. But before we do, I know it's a big time of year. We've got Halloween this weekend. We've got a big game for me. Michigan State is playing Michigan. They're both undefeated, and I'm an alum of Michigan State. But Mike, uh, what are you dressing up for as Halloween? Oh, well, the good thing is that this episode will publish right after Halloween, so I can say it now. Um, I'm going to be Space Jam Daffy Duck. So I am super pumped oh, wow. to know you all. <laughs> I, Daffy Duck's kind of just like my my twin in itself, so I'm super excited to be that. Um, did you watch the latest movie with LeBron? Um, You know what? I did. I just came from a flight from Boston, so I knocked the hell out and never finished it, and then... Uh, I got rid of the neck, so oh, someday, someday I will. You might have just heard a bark. It's because what? Yeah, I literally and I have got it. a dog. Shut up! <laughs> Wait, I didn't know this. This is awesome. Come I know. I, I didn't know. We literally just posted it to social media today. And I was trying to wait until the uh, part of the episode where we started talking about our weekends. But Jenny and I adopted a. Uh, golden retriever well it's a mini golden doodle uh, from the southern california golden retriever rescue his name's henry and we adopted him over the weekend Uh, so everybody meet henry oh my god jenny did something in the background that made henry bark so well that's uh, hilarious because i literally for a second i'm like did i hear a dog and wow i'm i'm also the cute dog by the way i'm just really shocked you guys didn't go to vanderpump dogs like what the hell we didn't. We really wanted a golden retriever. We applied for uh, the specific rescue that we really liked their system. I mean, they came over and did a home visit. And then we uh, we had to apply individually for the dogs. And the second dog we applied for was Henry. We were given the opportunity to meet him and then took him home on Sunday. I think he looks like Scooby-Doo, like a furry version. Yeah. So... You guys can be Scooby-Doo and like Thelma or something like that. (laughs) So with that, let's get into our latest episode, which is uh, Sean Mendez's Wonder. Right before I close my eyes, the only thing that's on my mind, been dreaming that you feel it too, I wonder what it's like to be loved by you. Released. December 2020, on December 4th specifically, it was Shawn Mendes's fourth studio album. Wow. Which is crazy because he seems pretty young. In his career, uh, for sure. Right. And it was preceded by uh, a couple of big hits, In My Blood, If I Can't Have You, and the number one hit with Camilla Cabello, Senorita. Do you remember that one, Mike? I do. I hate that song so much. I... Camila Cabello annoys me, but we'll get to that. (laughs) I can't wait to hear more about that. So the album was preceded by In Wonder, which was a documentary about Mendez and his offstage life. It dipped into his relationship, obviously, with Camila Cabello. Jenny and I actually watched it. 
Uh, so I am a Sean Mendez expert now. Uh, it was a little bit surface level, but it really dipped into the life off stage. So it didn't have much to do with his actual concerts or music. And then Sean said about this album, just for context, that it really feels like a piece of me has been written down on paper and recorded into song. I tried to be as real and as honest as I've ever been. It's a world and a journey and a dream and an album I've been wanting to make for a really long time. I absolutely love it. Thank you for being by my side for so many years. I love you all so much. This was to his fans. So this preceded the album and was just a taste of how Sean approached the, the album. Very interesting. Like, I didn't get that, but I guess we'll get to it, right? <laughs> and Steve, you have to tell us, though, what outfit are you wearing that was inspired by Sean? So Jenny said I needed to cut the sleeves of this to go sleeveless, but I didn't feel like, you know, manipulating my clothes too much. So I went with something basic, just like a white tee with a chain. Uh, is it giving you share, Mike? Oh, God, no, it's not. <laughs> um, so my outfit... Did you see the Summer of Love performance at the VMAs this year? I didn't. I didn't watch a lot of the VMAs this year. Is that what it did? He wear like a white long sleeve tee? No, actually, some ish. Ish. It was like a white ish yellow off yellow. He wore a crop top. Now, I'm not wearing a crop top today, but I am wearing kind of like a low cut shirt right here. Our views would have been off the charts, Mike, if you were. Honestly, I, I, I will say I do have a crop top in my closet, but I'm saving oh, wow. that for an episode. That only comes out during like Lollapalooza. I'm saving for a future episode and we'll see what it is. Oh, gosh. Now let's get into the numbers of Shawn Mendes's Wonder. So the album Buzz, Sean's first week sales were 89,000 album equivalents. Uh, and that was down about half from Sean Mendez's self-titled album, which debuted at 182,000 album equivalents. It did debut at number one and spent 14 weeks on the Billboard 200 charts. For comparison, Sean Mendez went number one for 127 weeks on the chart and illuminate went number one for 141 weeks on the chart. So you're looking at, you know, an average about 134, 135 weeks for his prior two albums and uh, wonder spent 14 weeks on the chart. So quite did it hit a number one though. Come down. It did hit number one. It spent Ugh. one week at number one. Hmm, interesting. And so the, the singles he had were Wonder and Monster with Justin Bieber. Wonder went number 18 and spent 11 weeks on the chart. And Monster with Justin Bieber went number eight for 14 weeks on the chart, which... You think of Justin Bieber, he's kind of a chart king. He's big uh, in terms of radio numbers. His pop airplay is, is what drives a lot of the success of his singles. And I would say with only 14 weeks on the chart, that's a pretty unsuccessful collab of this magnitude. What if I, what if I trip? What if I, what if I fall? Then am I 
neither of the songs really resonated fully with the the public. Lift me up, me Turn me down, turn me down. I take responsibility for everything I've done. Holding it against me like you're the holy one. So in terms of critics' reactions, it did get an aggregate score of 65, which is considered positive, but it's really close to the mixed result. Uh, Sean Mendez received a 73, so it was about an eight-point come down in terms of critic reactions. A couple of qu- critic quotes for this one. It doesn't always succeed, at times feeling too shallow for it to be as impactful as Mendez intended it to be. But when it succeeds, there's no flaw to be picked out. And for that, it's worth a listen. So that was a more positive review. A second review says Mendez spends nearly every minute bowed over by the power of love. It's nice to see his cup overflow so bountifully, but the near constant awe quickly grows tiresome, especially when conveyed through cliches like your body's like an ocean. I'm devoted to explore you and you're my sunlight on a rainy day. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I resonate and (laughs) align with that review a lot more than the other ones that you previously mentioned. Put my hands around you. Ooh, teach me how to touch you, taste, caress you, and please you. Teach me how to love. All right, it's time to get into the analysis of Sean Mendez's Wonder, uh, which is, I know, Mike and my favorite part of the show where we really get to do a deep dive into the album. So, my first question for you, Mike, it was your first time listening to this album. What was your initial reaction? And if you can describe it in one word, I'm going to say thankful and only because, Steve, the last couple albums we reviewed were like almost two hour long albums. And I was thankful that we had a shorter one. Uh, but that was just for our our purposes. But my first reaction to listening it was funk. And what I mean by that is just it had a really funky soul pop vibe. I thought you said fuck. No, 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 no. That where this is a rated PG show, not PG. not anymore. I ruined no. that with my no, interpretation. Exactly. <laughs> of what you said. But please continue. Yeah, no, just funky and like you know, and and funk, pop, soul, and I just like got those exact vibes from listening to it. The one word I would describe would be shallow. It aspired to be like this really deep personal record. And it's funny, as as going back to what we say on a lot of shows is that the personal record a lot of times ends up being a flop record, right? Yeah. So it was, according to Sean, supposed to be deep and personal about his love and relationship with Camille Cabello. But the output felt very generic, uh, similar to the review that I spoke to in the numbers section. You know, the output just felt like generic love songs that just really skimmed the surface. Uh, And even while listening to it, so we actually listened to Wonder on the way to pick up our pup on Sunday. And Jenny was said something that that actually resonated with me as I thought through my review of this. And she referenced Taylor Swift and how she incorporates so many storylines and intimate details into her love records that really make each love song very unique. 
but she was like, why don't men go as deep? Why like, why is the love record so surface level? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to stereotype, but I think that was true with uh, with Sean Mendez. One of the reviews I saw had a line that said, he has yet to make a statement that truly sets him apart. And I thought this could have been his statement. And instead, it was a shallow version of what his, you know, in a generic version of what his love songs could potentially be. It sounded forced, right? Like, it sounded like he was forcing this this love narrative and honestly it didn't seem genuine from my perspective um and i think there's a reason why that's an interesting point jenny brought up because i'm as i'm thinking it through i'm like she's kind of right but i think it's because a lot of male pop stars at least they go for sex appeal right they they're good looking they have women fawn over them now don't get me wrong sean mendes is good looking and he has women and men fawn over him but i think it's in a very acute funny way right it's not like oh my god sean mendez is a sex appeal pop star so that is all he has to go to is singer songwriter vibes that he tried to do in this album it'll be interesting because i think when you talk about authenticity it goes back to like his relationship with camilla and is it authentic Uh uh-oh People might not understand who cares about if they approve. I'd face them all to be with you. All it takes is 24 hours. Sign the check in the places I was. It's a little soon, but I want to come home to you. So, Mike, what was your low moment from, you don't necessarily remember the era, but what was your low moment from the album? When you and me review albums and we listen to them, I've never had a moment where I'm like, I want to skip this song. Like, that's my natural reaction. This was the first album, Steve, where I was like, literally, my finger went to go press next. I'm like, wait, I can't do that. I forgot. And it was just so monotonous and and boring. And so I would say that is, in essence, kind of the low moment from my perspective. It's the fact that I went to go switch the damn song and, and realized, oh, wait, I can't do that. So my low moment for the era was all of the live versions and Christmas song, Mm -hmm. the Christmas song with Kimia Cabello that was added to his deluxe album. Mm -hmm. So if you noticed, he had a original version and then two different deluxe versions. Yeah. Uh, And I thought it, it wasn't a holiday record at all. It was released in December on the 4th. But it wasn't a holiday record. And then to add the Christmas song felt like a cash grab. Uh, It felt like it was like a tactic to just gather like streams and sales to build off the success of Senorita. So so to me, it really felt that Sean sees that this album is underperforming. Let's get a track with Camilla on here. Let's add some live versions. Let's try to keep this on the Billboard 200 for quite some time. It seemed like he was really just trying to course correct after the lack of commercial success with the album originally. They know that on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies for his sleigh. And every mother's child is gonna try to see a reindeer. Really know how to fly. What 
should have been a single on Wonder. Yeah. So this one I, I do know for sure. Dream, that track, um, was dreamy. And and honestly, I think it was texturally different too. It was almost like ethereal, while all the other tracks had this like funky pop soul type mix to it that sounded very generic. It's The album, like you said, with that funk, felt a little bit almost a Justin Timberlake album yes. in some ways. Yep. So to me, what should have been a single was Teach Me How to Love. And I felt that it features Anderson Pac on the drums and has like a somewhat funky vibe to your point. And I didn't get funk from either of the two singles that he released in Wonder and Monster. And I felt that you know, this could have been a big opportunity to be a departure from previous Sean Mendez music. And I think to your point, it really is building off of what you're saying about Dream is like coming up with something a little bit different that sets him apart. I also enjoyed a bit of the energy in 305. In terms of the album, Mike, what aged the best? I'm going to say a song, actually. And it's only because it's A, not his song, and B, it's a timeless track in itself. His cover of Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, which is also on the Deluxe Edition. Um, have you heard the Lauren Hill version, by the way? Yes. I can't take my eyes off. I love it. So he actually does a really beautiful cover of that and it it really shines his voice and i would say that's what age well because it's a timeless song it's not his and um it, it's just good all around So what aged the best to me was Wonder, the single. And critics said that Wonder, the album, was Mendez's most musically adventurous album, which was interesting because it was sort of generic. Mm -hmm. And it touched on hip-thrusting R&B light. Which oh, I come on. Hip-thrusting? Hip-thrusting. What the hell? But I thought lyrically Wonder uh, was the best by a mile. It didn't seem cheesy at all. And his vocals were spotlighted. So I think to your point, about Can't Take Your Eyes Off of You. I think when Mendez leaned into his vocals, I think that is his strength. And that brought the album to life and made it feel more personal. It felt like some of the tracks were overproduced, honestly, to make up for some of the blandness of the lyrics. And so there were some parts where his voice was being overwhelmed by the production. You're majestic, mesmerizing, light the room up without trying, baby. So into you it hurts. His vocals, honestly, is really what he has to hang his hat on. Because, again, he doesn't have the sex appeal of a, uh, you know, Justin Timberlake or, um, I'm going to throw Zane in there just for the hell of it. But, like, he, he doesn't have that. So I think he has to go for that singer-songwriter vibe. You know, I find it interesting, Steve, because when I was listening to it, too, I'm like, 
the funky soul hip whatever they want to call it, hip thrusting music that really wasn't the trend at that time either right like he really kind of went left field with the sonics of this album moving on what didn't age well for you with this album i mean i know it just came out in december of last year but clearly there are some things that's that haven't aged well i'm gonna say the sound honestly it's not timeless it's very kind of dated in sound and you're you, you're totally right and that's overproduced it i think that's probably why you know his fans are you know young women and um and some girls and i think that that's not the type of stuff that's gonna get them moving right and um i honestly felt so bored after and just like bored of the sound that i was craving justin bieber and dance music to play right after i literally was like okay i just need a palate cleanse because that that was boring what didn't age well to me was the forced reconciliation with justin bieber uh, on the track monster didn't seem genuine to me and it felt really like a publicity stunt to accompany the album. The song itself felt like it had potential to be this big moment, but the output of the work really left something to be desired with me. I remember Jenny and I actually tuned in for their like YouTube live before the premiere of their video. That's how nerdy we are. Mm -hmm. And we watched their interactions and it felt a bit awkward. Uh, And so I I don't know how authentic that friendship is. And when reading the lyrics, they're honest and give listeners this glimpse into what goes on behind the scenes. However, in practice, the vocals really like failed to me to like convey that emotion. The lyrics tell a story, but but lack that emotion and authenticity. And the two were so close to reaching that standard, but really just it felt short in in terms of authenticity. So Justin actually said, and just a recap of their interactions, Justin said in 2015, who is Sean Mendez? If you recall, Haley Baldwin dated Sean Mendez and Ooh. Justin Bieber. Shut up. Oh yeah. God. She went to the Met Gala with Sean Mendez. Wow. And so he says that they were just friends. They were never really dating, but Sean is like, Sean is not a bad boy, right? Like his his reaction to all of this is Sean recently said, like, I love them both. They're both really awesome people. Like he's just got this like positivity that I feel some people feel is off-putting because it's like you can't always be happy and soak up in this amazingness that is his relationship with Camille Cabello. And so I think that people got tired of this of this album because of that. The other piece to this is that the Observer magazine put Sean Mendez on the cover in 2019 with the title of Prince of Pop. Oh, and please. Mendez posted it on Instagram and Justin Bieber commented on this. Gonna have to break a few more records to dethrone my title there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This was their reconciliation. And to me, going number eight for 14 weeks is not cutting it in terms of performance and excitement around this single well and i'll tell you i'm glad you brought up the collaboration because when i was listening to it a it sucked um but b i was thinking this was a dumb decision on sean's part only because 
it puts him with arguably one of the biggest male pop stars out there right now. And it, it kind of made me have that pause moment. And I'm like, J Justin Bieber has star power. I would consider Sean Mendez on the same uh, playing field as Austin Mahone or Cody Simpson. Both. Wow. You know, that I, low? I, okay. Maybe a little bit above them. Okay. Let's be honest. He's a little bit above them, but however, those three young men have something in common. They have, they're good looking, they have great voices, but they have zero star power. And I think that is the major difference. And when he goes and collabs with someone that has the star power, he's, I'm like, good looking. I don't think he's that good looking, but he has a good voice too. Justin Bieber is not that great, but he has the star power. So I think that is kind of really bad on Sean's part. I had a chip on my shoulder, had to let it go. Unforgiveness keeps them in control. I came in with good intentions, then I let it go. And now I really wanna know. What if I, what if I trip? What if I, what if I fall? Then am I the master? Just let me know. What, Mike, is your rationale for what went wrong with Wonder? Do you remember Lost in Japan from his last album before this? Yes. Do you remember the Zed remix? It was a bob and a half. And he ended up releasing it as an official single because it was that good. And it caught on a bit on the charts. That song, I think, is where Sean needed to go after that album, um, Pop Dance. And I think what went wrong is that he's trying to find his footing as an artist. And he went this he tried to go the singer-songwriter route in some part of his albums, but you know, he he's not knowing his audience and think that's the exact thing. The Sonics were not there, you know, throw him on a, on a pop dance track. That's that will go well. Now, Steve, not too long after this album was released, he released um, the summer of love this past summer, which was dumb because he released it like in August when summer's ending, but that is a return to that pop dancey jingle. And it's almost like a return to form that he's moving so so soon after wonder so i think it's the fact that he didn't go back to what he literally saw started to trend a bit more and and take it and run with it and hopefully find his ground as a pop artist so my rationale for what went wrong is sort of in that camp of defining sean mendez's sound so i think sean needs to carve out his his niche right and find a direction and fan base that he's 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 aged out of his previous fan base a bit and he needs to find a new space and a new place for how his sound is going to be moving forward. He might have to do a pivot that we see some of, you know, these pop women do and reinvent himself a little bit as he thinks about like what's next in his career. But look, I've the stars They're like pieces of art Floating above the ground This first tweet is from Deep In My Soul. They say, Sean Mendez will probably release a new single next week and I don't know what to expect. He used to be my favorite artist and he's definitely a great guy, but his last album was rather a flop. Only wonder was my cup of tea. Hmm. He's got a point there. <laughs> was this before Summer of Love? 
This was August 2021. So I think it was the week summer, before love. Summer, summer of love. Oh, yeah. Well, at least Sean improved there. The second tweet comes from Itha Hill. They say, People saying Wonder by Sean Mendez is a flop album definitely needs to go for an ear checkup. Wonder slaps hard, bro. According Slap. to me, it is Sean's best album, smiley face. Oh, Jesus. Is this a Stan? Is this it a Wonderer? It must be a Wonderer. Yeah. The third and final tweet is from Yuva Liz 5, and she says, Sean Mendez made his new era and album flop in one interview. Ooh. I'm disgusted. Sean Mendez, you didn't even try to talk about the single or try to promote the album at the interview at all. I'm disappointed. Hashtag wonder. So another issue with the album apparently was promotion, which we talk about quite frequently with flops. It's always been you. It's always been you. It's always been you. It's always been you. All right, it's time for our 2021 review, Mike, of Sean Wonder Sean Mendez's Wonder. Is it a flop or not? Flop. And that is firm 100%. The the numbers don't lie. You know, I think Steve it, it's very telling when an artist pivots uh their era soon after and when he released Summer of Love Clearly, he's trying to move forward from that. And I really do think that part of this album um, is summed up with, do, did you, do you remember the last couple of lyrics on his, the original part of his album? No. What were the last couple of lyrics? Cool. That's good for now. That's literally how he ends it. Like, it acts like he stops the production. He's like, cool. Well, that's good for now. And I'm like, uh, this is very telling, Sean of like his approach to the album he's in the recording studio just does it and it just gives up right and i think that to me it showed it's almost like he's resting on his laurels a bit but also i think that because public interest in his his relationship with camila cabello let's be honest it's high and they're probably the reason why he has any pr is because of his relationship with camila cabello and i think that him writing an album that is quote personal and about love and his relationship to me is trying to maximize on that, right? And really trying to sell on it. And I think in the process, it becomes more about his attempt to be personal um, and, it, and it's inauthentic in by a fact. Cool, that's good for now. Yeah, Mike, I agree. This one is a flop. I, Were you bored? I what was that? Are you bored listening to it? I'm curious. I was bored. I was okay, bored. Good. And you can probably feel it in the way we're describing the album. But yeah. I think that what was boring about it is that it felt to equate how you spoke about his lack of star power. Mm -hmm. I think you felt that in literally his songs on the album because they felt kind of bland and there is this interest around him and Kamiya, but I think the thing about it is that people are like, we're happy for you guys. And 
I think we're reaching to the, a point where it's like, I'm kind of uninterested yeah. in like your pillow fights or whatever you do. Like it's, it's just, it, it they, they don't give off this like really, you know, sexy or, you know, uh, salacious vibe that, no. that draws interest in these types of full on records about love. You know, what's interesting is I think that the, the public is bored of him and Camila. And I say that because like, you know, they were being forced on our throats for so long. And I, I just get the sense that they've, they've both met the peak of their careers and are now on the downward scale. Um, Camila recently has released her first single off of her, her next album. It's flopped. And maybe we'll be reviewing that album sometime soon when it is released. Uh, but like now crickets. And I think, you know, Sean Mendez, I don't even know Summer Love was a huge hit either, right? And I think the public's just bored of it. And they become, they become internet talk. They become memes. And, you know, a TikTok trend with Sean Mendez saying, it's giving me share. If you haven't seen that, please listen to it. And enough said. But I think that, that the public is bored and they're almost waiting for a shakeup in both of their relationships. Right now I'm alone inside the airport And you're all out of bar in a hometown Feels like we've been living different lives. All right, Mike, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening to episode five of season two, Sean Mendez Wonder. It's been a blast bringing it to you. It wasn't a blast listening to the album, no. but uh, we are looking forward to close out our final uh, couple of episodes of the season coming up. Uh, so as we're, you know, bringing this season to a close, we want to hear from you, what you want us to either review in the last couple episodes or what your thoughts are on Sean Mendez's wonder at flopography podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we love hearing you from email set as a voice note. Um, you may just include you in a future episode. It's flopography podcast at gmail.com and you might be watching us but you might want to share a link with a friend anchor.fm slash flopography podcast you can get our links to every single platform that we are hosted on and if you are watching us go ahead and like comment and subscribe those things are super helpful in our metrics um and please comment there we, we do get comments from people from listening to the podcast on there so it's great to see but um, just wanted to thank you all again for that. If you have future episode ideas, please send them because we are coming down to the wire here. Down to the wire. Well, it's been a pleasure, Mike. Uh, and I look forward to seeing your Halloween costume, uh, which I will have seen by the time this airs. Mm -hmm. So enjoy everybody your week. And we look forward to bringing the season to a close in the, in the last couple episodes. So have a great one. Adios. Speak my truth or do I feel to how I feel? I wonder, wouldn't it be nice to live inside a world that isn't black and white? I wonder what it's like to be my friends. Hope that they don't think I'll forget about them. I 